so yeah, I came in um, not long after you opened and we sat mm. right there and it was really amazing. Yeah, I it's meaning, nice up there. Kept, well, it's great, it's so leafy. Yeah, it yeah. is. I kept meaning to go to Dexter. It's so far. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, not even it's a real locals restaurant, which is yeah. good. Um, which is nice because we just see um, so many regulars. Yeah. Um, and we can sort of just do... Um, yeah. Sort of funner, not funner, but more, sort of more consistent, um, mm. just meat and two veg sort of thing. There, yeah, which is sick. Um, so as a travel, like someone travelling to it, um, it's great. Um, I feel that some people, and now that we've got like such good reviews for Dexter, and it's that's like built off like the essentially built off the locals mm. you know, they keep coming and they're getting good reviews because we've got a good rapport with them, um, and the food's just consistent. Yeah. Good. Um, I feel that sometimes we get people travelling from like down like ages away coming to visit and they're going, Oh, it's a bit different to what I thought. But oh, like, you know, yeah. it's a bit too casual. You know, okay. what I mean? oh, we travel, you know, all this way. But then at least they have the food and they go, Well that was that was delicious. Yeah. But yeah, we've t- like meant to done that one down a lot since we first opened as well. Um, to sort of just get that fun casualness in. Nice. Um, which yeah. has been really good. Yeah. So that started off as sort of barbecue meat. Yeah. And meat. Yeah, we sort of just went... Um, meat donuts. Yeah. Did that one, we sort of just wanted to get um, like a really well-rounded but um, a focus for that, for that venue. So we knew it was going to be um, locals, like, like a local sort of venue, um, but we still wanted a sort of theme to it. Mm. Um, so we've come from a lot of butchery... Um, background and um, sort of meat background um, so that was something that we're always going to do but we're thinking you know more of a sort of overall you know just come and have a steak and you know some just good quality um, produce and that was just going to be the headline the menu sort of just went into really meat focus when we sort of just just jumped on the theme a bit more mm. saying look we're getting some great stuff here and why don't we you know offer some other stuff and small variations um, to get a, sort of the whole theme running through the whole menu, mm. which was good, um, which we didn't know how it was going to go because we were in an area that was quite progressive in regards to vegetarianism and stuff like that. Um, but what we've found with that as well is that because we have our theme, people know what we are mm. and we attract the clientele that want to come, so everyone's sort of um, enjoying themselves is good. Yeah, you don't the, have any militant people coming in? No, not really. Um, we, we're, we're, thing. No, yeah, well, yeah, but also we're pretty, um, we're pretty um, confident on what we buy as well. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, we don't buy sort of cheap meat, we don't buy... Um, so the stuff that's farmed incorrectly or doesn't meet the standards that we set for ourselves. So um, it's quite an easy sell for us when we go, well, we've been to these farms, we've seen what's going on and mm. stuff like that. We're quite proud of it. So um, that sort of rocks into that as well. You yeah, know what I mean? We're not um, just buying steak from anywhere and, you know, just doing a steak-heavy menu with, you know, stuff that we can make good margin on. It's mm. not what it's about, so... Um, that's been that's been good. So I think yeah, we've gone away from getting yeah. any sort of negative press on that. That's right. And also we do use a lot of offal and, and, and stuff like that. So I was going to ask you, were you using offal at Dexter? Or yeah, originally we were. Uh, we still do a through our specials like little offal steaks and stuff like that. Um, and a lot of sort of um, if we if we go and try something a bit more experimental, it's always in the small sort of snacky side. Mm. So we run that through. Um, our specials and stuff like that but um, on our set 
actual menu now. It's more um, sort of clean cut um, using like, you know, lesser used um, uh, steaks and stuff like that, but, but not as awfully as we, when we started. When we started, we were pretty heavy um, getting all sort of pig's heads in and um, making all these different types of sort of tripe and stuff like that mm. um, strip that right back now just in order to dump down the menu in order mm. to keep that casualness to it I found mm. it was getting a bit too many people going oh yeah I love that you know what I mean trying to treat it a bit, bit too fine dining yeah. right now our approach to that restaurant is a bit casual and, and fun which is you know I think you've got to that comes into your clientele which is huge just knowing they know what you're going for and what mm. you're producing and you're sort of catering for that for that clientele I yeah. think has really helped us with the Dexter one yeah okay something that we're actually moving a lot and talking a lot about with this restaurant as well it's this restaurant we've got the um, facilities to um, that we can do a lot more than we can down uh, over at Dexter so we've got a dry aging fridge that we can hold things in there for you know 16 20 30 weeks um, whereas at Dexter, we started off with a, our only fridge was a bar fridge, so um, we were really limited on what we could do. With this, we've got a bit of luxury. So, one, we're in the city, so we've got access to everything. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, two, we've got stuff like this, um, charcoal ovens, um, peco jets, and all this stuff that we can actually have a bit of sort of creativity and fun with. Yeah. Um, but that's what we're... Um, we're discussing a lot at the moment is taking um, sort of kudos from Dexter as well as like how how well we think we've done in regards to matching the clientele there, mm. um, and also so when they come in, everything aids to that experience. Mm. Um, and a lot of fine dining restaurants do that mm. in regards, you know, oh yeah, we want this, the butter to be a certain temperature, the, the you know. The lighting, the music. Yeah, the person yeah. serving you to say the, this exact same thing. Yeah. You know, they do that, but I think casual restaurants can really do that and in subtle ways as well. Mm. So I feel that um, we've done a minimal fit out here, which lends itself more to a, um, a finer dining restaurant. Mm. So we've just tried to casual it up. So casual it up is just, you know, letting... Letting the staff sort of have their own personalities run through the space, um, you know, putting stuff under the chairs, you know, to make people feel that, oh, it's not so stuffy, it's not so thing. Even though we're selling a higher priced, higher priced um, product mm. with these aged steaks and they're all quality and some of the best meat you can get in Australia, doesn't need to be stiff. Mm. So we're all sort of aiding to that sort of fun casualness and, and taking tips from, from Dexter in order to bring that into the city so a little less away from that Melbourne casual restaurant yeah because they're so good um and people sort of the people sort of know how to dine in those places mm. but we're wanting people to sort of come in and um and they're very food focused they're the mm. you know you come in for the food you go to you, you go to these places like Cumulus and whatever and you go oh, this is great and you're coming in you're really interested in the food we want no doubt for everyone to be interested in the food we yep. wanted the food to stand alone, but what we want as well as to people is to be really just engaged and have fun in the restaurant. Mm. Um, so that's informed by your own experience at Dexter and some and some things you've sort of workshopped and thought about. Yeah, is it does it come from anywhere else? Or is there is there anyone else doing that? What is no, it going to be your own style? Yeah, I think that's the thing. So I think um, we. 
as all, all of our staff and Sam and Adam and the other two owners and stuff have brought up in Melbourne um, eating at these great restaurants eat at all these great restaurants all the time but you think there's a few pioneers in just subtle changes that have done really well for places mm. so like when Chin Chin opened 10 years ago now that around that time was the Cumulus Coda um, sort of model that was dominating you know mm. what I mean so it was just below fine dining uh, but it was serious casual dining yeah. Chinchin's come in with, a, with this brashiness you know what I mean it's pops poppiness to it louder music uh, faster service and it's just sort of and it just took off at that time mm. right um, since then we've sort of seen that but a more refined version then it's like sort of this Melbourne style of eating mm. which everyone that's from Melbourne sort of just plays plays the game comes in and does the same thing you know what I mean it's food folks boa. what we're trying to do here which I don't think we're quite there yet to be honest but we're forever working now we've only been open for four five months mm. um, is to try to just um, sort of pioneer what we want a little bit which is um, getting people to enjoy themselves in the space and then they go, geez, that food was good afterwards. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not like okay. every dish is about thing. You know, it's just the whole experience. They get walk away and they go, that was great. Yeah. You know what I mean? Why was it great? Oh, yeah, that steak. Yeah, that was awesome. You know what I mean? Or while they're eating it, it's awesome. But it's not so much dominant. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's more about people coming in the space going, this is a fun, fun, fun restaurant to be in. Yeah, nice. Um, and that doesn't need to be with posters everywhere and loud music or anything like that. It can be more of just making people feel casual mm. and then they can use it because they're there with their friends they can use it how they want to use it mm. and then your food needs to um, not dominate in regards to you know be too fancy and have all these um, beautiful flowers or you know all this amazing sort of Instagram worthy sort of stuff we're pretty much just doing meat on a plate um, with some beautiful sides and flavours are big mm. uh, but nothing that's you know oh let's pull your phone out and take a photo of that more mm. you know keep it here and that's just delicious yeah which is something we're working towards um, but yeah it is interesting because I think it's that, that that holistic hospitality approach that perhaps you have in places when you're a chef and a co-owner and I think it's yeah. sort of, um You've got to re- you're really thinking about everything, whereas if you're working for someone else and you're the chef, I'm not saying that head chefs and other places don't think about the rest of it, but yep. it just means you're constantly like, what, how's this working? Across three venues, really. yeah. do you still have the takeaway pizza? Yeah, yeah, I think it, I think it helps. Um, being, um, there's, there's, there's ne- positive and negatives of being a chef and a owner, mm. um, especially with multiple venues. Um, so I work at Dexter uh, for two service shifts on a, the busiest, so then the all-day lunch and dinner on Saturdays and Sundays. Wow. Um, and then I work here as two shifts as well, um, just on the lesser days, so your Thursdays um, and your Wednesdays. Um, and then it gives me time to work upstairs on a Friday night when that's its busiest and stuff like walk around the venues and stuff like that. But yep. um, the hardest part is is um, one of the biggest strengths of every, every kitchen is consistency. So all the staff know what's going on. So, hey, mate, can you grab this? Uh, he knows where it is. Um, and coming in and working two shifts is very hard, especially as a senior role. Mm. Um, so that's tough. Yeah. Um, so what we've needed to do there is 
mine and Adam's job in the kitchen. So Adam's um, the other owner, but he sort of runs this kitchen um, full-time. Mm-hmm. And I sort of swan in and swan out between them all. And the, the way I think um, that can be achieved is by... Um, taking a, a lesser role in the kitchen during service times. Yes. So maybe just focusing on doing the charcoal grill or something like that. So you're still seeing what's every, everything's going around, but you don't, it's, it's a little sort of less determined on you rather mm. than running a pass, actually running a section, which has right. been really helpful. Because yeah. um, you can still see everything's going, but it's not all based on you, especially yes. if you're only there for twice a week. Yeah. It um, can be hard for people to give up that sort of sense of control. So it is, it is. You've got to, work you've got to bite your tongue, that's yeah. for sure. Uh, and there's the other thing so um, that was and also a thing of coming in and being like I hate this and then be like well we've been doing it all week and we all think it's great so it's it's less about like the word using the word hate it's being like why are you doing that you know just yeah. questioning stuff um, but knowing that trusting your staff and stuff and, they, and, and, and knowing that you know they're all in it um, to make good food as well mm. which is what you get um, with the all use Mostly your senior staff, yeah, but and all your young staff as well. They're, they're yeah, normally yeah. all just involved to make good food. Yeah. Um, so what were you doing before Dexter? Uh, myself, I was uh, living in London. Um, so oh, well, I, yeah, so I was living in London for uh, a few years, and then went to New York. Okay. Um, but is at London? I started working for a. Um, a few places that were sort of along the sort of meat lines uh, but then I really liked um, Borough Market and stuff there which they had some big butcheries and stuff like that so I volunteered at um, a couple of butcheries down there to um, not volunteered but I went and worked with them um, in order to learn some, some of that mm. um, which was just awesome um, and then we're sort of from there um, Adam and I worked in a pizza shop down in Hawthorne while we just we both were in London, uh, while we both just came back, mm-hmm. and then we just sort of got into pizza. Um, so it's sort of Which like the story was of was it? Uh, on Bearwood Road, no. No, it was called Peach Religion. Still there. Okay. Um, they were doing. They were only a when we were working there. They were a twelve-seater um, little pizza bar. Now they've got three stores or something like that. Mm. Uh, but it was really good, um, just because the two owners were there were doing what we were wanting to do, okay. open a small joint, um, sort of there every day. Um, we were learning how to run a small business and then they sort of, as they started to expand, we, we were there for that. So we weren't just learning pizza, we were learning how to sort of manage a small business, seeing how hard they worked and, and whatnot. So that was really good for us. Uh, we all worked there at one stage. And then we open um, Dexter in there. So mm. Dexter in to Takeaway Pizza is almost a, um, a literal translation of working at the joints in, <laughs> in um, London and then into this small pizza shop. Yeah. So we've sort of gone through the same thing. Um, and was being a chef something you always wanted to do? Is that no, I studied architecture. Um, and then just started working in. I was in front of house a lot. So from um, sort of the age of 18, working at nightclubs and for a couple of years and then uh, went into restaurants so I was working at um, Movita and stuff and that's like sort of when I first get put in I got put into a kitchen um, I was working in the bar there and then um, they had the original Movita and this one here 
they had positions where um, you could do all charcuterie and stuff um, through there. So I was like, oh, can I move on to that? And I'm like, yeah, no worries. So um, then just went into days making tortillas and stuff like that. Um, and then, yeah, so that's how I just got into the kitchen from there. Literally just um, getting jealous of the kitchen. Um, yeah, okay. And going, oh, geez, they're having fun. And, geez, they're making cool stuff. You know, I mean, I'm just serving beers. Yeah. Um, not that I... You know, there's a lot to a lot of creativity behind the bar as well, but um, I just sort of yeah, always wanted to be in the kitchen. And you're doing charcuterie here? Sorry, uh, but I can only a, say it in a French accent. Yeah, a French <laughs> no, we're doing a little bit. Um, we've done some country hams. Um, so we're we're sort of trying to steer clear of um, hanging sausages and so on. Yeah, and more just that, um, as I was saying, that sort of casual Melbourne restaurant, you know, uh, doing a few charcuteries at the start, doing a few, like, uh, maybe some slices of salami and some, some ricotta or something like that. Stuff oh, okay, like that, okay. you know, everyone's sort of doing. Okay. Um, and not saying that's bad, I eat it every time I go out. But in order just to change it up, so we're doing sort of American cured ham, um, country hams at the moment. Uh, which are just dry cured, mm. so you just pack them with salt and um, just hang them there for a year. A year? Um, yeah, ages, yeah. And then we've got, down at Dexter, we've got um, massive smokers and stuff now, so um, we can smoke anything we want, cold yeah. smoke, hot smoke, whatever. So moving more in that, that sort of American style, uh, which is... Um, into that barbecue style as well uh, but a lot of curing um, rather than charcuterie so a lot of like sort of whole butts being cured and, and stuff like that mm. um, sort of like you know what, what they're doing in their in their barns and stuff like that mm. um, which is cool you all seem like a team that um, is constantly looking to be to grow and evolve mm. and, and be challenged yeah where do you where do you get that information are you um is it like Instagram? Is it books? Is it what happened? Yeah, yeah. PSA, oh, a bit of, like... yeah, a bit of everything. It's tough. Um, so we constantly, um, I constantly screenshot Instagram of okay. what um, people have done. Um, just in, in, in not, not in regards to being like, oh, we should do something like this. Just in uh, concepts. Uh, for instance, um, I just screenshotted this one uh, person that was doing these soaked bread and um, made it look really gross but it was but in a sort of fine dining place you know what I mean I'm like look what they're doing here you know what I mean I'm like and that produces some fun you know what I mean yeah um, so like little concepts like that or like even just like interior stuff and stuff like that um, but mostly or mostly what the time is is we work a lot with our um, producers so they'll be like hey I've got a um, so we're in the fridge at the moment we've got a pig which is up on that top side which yeah. is all the the sets up there the legs are hanging just next to the ducts um that's that pig's been fed on camembert cheese and acorns uh, as an experiment so <laughs> like they're like hey man do you want to take this pig and we're like yeah okay cool we'll take it and no, how, how is it different is the flesh different we have no idea we haven't okay. tasted it yet so what we're doing is does um, it look different yeah it does it's a lot thinner which yeah. i was like oh it's going to be a big fat because of berkshire um, rare red pig i thought it was going to be a big black pig that's been fed on cheese. I was like, it's going to be huge. Um, Do it like but, the cheese? I yeah, like it's yeah. a funny thing for a pig to eat. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah, apparently they love it. Um, 
So yeah, so it's really lean, um, which is kind of cool. Uh, but it's got like really nice intermuscular fat as well. So what would the, what would the acorns do? What would that give it? So they, they say that um, so a lot of berico and um, hamon and um, the Spanish stuffs brought up on acorns because they're all the pigs around the acorn okay. acorn um, farms. They get the falling acorns. Um, they said it has a real earthiness, but a sweetness too. Okay. It's a it's a funny thing like. Um, Half of that stuff is a lot, a lot of it is based on these places that are doing this, um, can afford to um, feed their livestock these amazing things, but I think the basis of it is they're treating their animals really well, they're taking care of them, they're, 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 they're monitoring their weight growth, they're not, you know, packing the pounds into them early mm. and stuff like that. Okay. So... I think it's very early. It's hard to know whether what their feed is producing or is it just the actual farming of them and the breeding of them and the slow growth of them and stuff like that that are producing these marble lines that you can see on ribeyes now on pork loins, okay. um, for instance. You know what I mean? So I, from my experience, I'm like, uh, it's more of a farming thing. Flavour and stuff, there's so much in, involved in, in the flavour of it as well that it's, for me... I don't read, like, when they go, oh, it's bread on camembert, I'm not like, okay, wow, I want to see how that tastes. It's more like, okay, well, I know that they're thinking about the pig. You know what I mean? They're thinking about, okay, um, they're there every day, they're feeding it camembert, so it's going to be, they're going to be watching the weight, you know, they want to slow the growth of it, they want to develop the fat through the actual meat, not just fat caps. Um, that's what sort of gets me excited about it. Yeah. Uh, just because it comes from a butchery sort of background. Yeah. Um, Flavour-wise, yeah. Yeah, it does chop and change, but I haven't tried this one, so we'll soon see. Yeah. And here you're doing um, seafood and duck as well. Yeah, we do seafood um, on the like specials. Okay. Um, so we chop and change it. Okay. Um, we have... We're going to go a more broader approach when we first sort of open, um, but we're sort of we're very loose when we've opened all of our places in regards to what our main focus is. We've come in with a focus, but then adapted according to what we're what we're doing. Mm. Um, so yeah, when we first opened, we we had a few seafood dishes on the actual menu. And we're like, nah, we want to focus more on the meat side okay. of things. Uh, so we've stripped it out and run it the specials. So it's really, um, we're sort of just seeing how we go with, with all of that. Yeah. Um, we call ourselves a non-traditional meadery, which gives us that scope to yeah. do whatever we want. You do have veggies on the menu, don't you? Yeah, we've got quite a heavy um, yeah. vegetarian menu here. Oh, I remember, I don't really, not that it wasn't memorable, because it was a really great meal, but yeah. I've eaten a lot since then. Um, I can't remember what I had, but I remember it was really delicious. delicious. Yeah, we've here. got a few, like, we've got sweet and sour cauliflower, and we've got, um, so we've gone, um, when we first opened, we've gone this, we took uh, inspiration from um, sort of LA um, eatery, uh, which is, they've got everything from, everything's done in this modern sort of awesome way because they've got the clientele and the money there to, to do it. Mm. Uh, but they've got some of the best um, Korean restaurants you'll ever eat and some of the best Chinese restaurants you'll ever eat and Italian and everything. Um, and then they've got this southern state of America sort of massive um, sort of American side of it all, you know, which is uh, overhanging the whole thing. Yeah. So that was our sort of approach with this one. So we'll have an umbrella of American food or LA's American food and then underneath we can we can play with 
style. So if we, we know we're a meatery and we want to have great meat, uh, but we call ourselves non-traditional, so we can take elements of the way that the Koreans barbecue and the way that uh, the Chinese use it with, you know, sweet sauces and stir fries okay. and stuff like that. So we can sort of find our niche. And um, it's the other thing. I wouldn't uh, that tagline of non-traditional meatery in six months might change once we, once we do find that you know sort of niche that we're going in yeah. uh, but it's been really a great experience for all of us which is front of house back of house to work together and be like hey we're trying this and so they can take cocktail ideas and work with different things that they're doing yeah. um, which we find mixed reviews for because everyone's like well they call themselves this but they've got this on tonight and they've got that on tonight and they've got this on tonight which people do um mark us down for that which is fine we'll wear it a little bit um until we find that sort of niche and then yeah. you know people can trust us um but yeah just getting great great produce in and then just treating it really well and keeping it simple looking and mm. just about the flavor and everything is pretty much where we want to be um once we get that uh once we know where to fully target um that's when we'll start producing that uh we uh that one or two centres that we can roll off. Yeah. At the moment, I think it's a bit fun for front house, back house, to just experiment with dishes, whatever they want. Yeah. Especially the Melbourne as well. The regimes you get in, people from Singapore, Korea, um, Argentina, you know what I mean? You're like, sick. You're like, hey man, we do it this way. And you're like, cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let's try that. Nice. So it's been great. Yeah. That's good. Keeps everyone sort of enthused. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. That yeah. would be enough. Thank you. Yeah. No worries.